0: Welcome to Third Paradigm.
1: We are your hosts, Clarity and Nuance.
0: Third Paradigm is a digital third place, which is where people practice the art of conversation. The hosts and guests come from all backgrounds and different ways of thinking.
1: We here at Third Paradigm will discuss ideas and the facts of life with respect while pushing the envelope. Full disclaimer, hosts and guests will share their opinions. The opinions of our guests are strictly their own and do not represent the opinions of Third Paradigm.
0: However, when we, the host, share facts, we will back them up with evidence. If we are wrong, we will make it right as soon as possible because we believe in practicing integrity. Welcome to Third Paradigm. So, let uh, looks like we're back at it again. Uh, we had such a good session on uh, National Front at Work Day. I think we really did, dug in deep. Um, but it, it deserved another uh, another episode uh, to get a few more perspectives. So, uh Ready for another round Yeah, yeah. Well, I really enjoyed that last conversation. So, uh, who do we have today as our guests?
1: It looks like we have four individuals coming on. We have Nikki, Scarlett, Mrs. Incredible, and Claire.
0: All right. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome all. Um, so, I guess you came up with the icebreaker last time, so I guess I'll come up with the icebreaker.
1: <laughs>
0: so. Uh, the question is going to be something a little controversial and a little odd, but what do you prefer to clean, use to clean your wounds, rubbing alcohol or high peroxide? peroxide? Um, I would have to say rubbing alcohol.
2: Rubbing
0: alcohol. And, oh, and when you... All right, and who who's speaking? When you um, speak, please uh, 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 please announce who you are so our viewers will know. Um, and then, why Why rubbing alcohol versus uh, <laughs> hydrogen peroxide? Um, my name is Nikki. This is uh, who? Uh, Nikki. Thank
2: Nikki, you. Nikki. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. I just feel like uh, there's more germ cleaning power in rubbing alcohol.
1: Mmm, that's a good point. Open uh, to Yeah. Yeah, that's a good response. Scarlett, do you have anything to weigh in?
0: I think Scarlett might not be here. Maybe coming back. We'll let that part out. Um, anyone else want to jump in?
3: Hey, this is this is incredible. I definitely agree with that. So I'm going to go ahead and give it my stamp of approval. Um, I think that it is it's probably also safer, especially if you have kids, um, than than using hydrogen peroxide. But that's just my personal opinion. I could be 100% incorrect. Um, but yeah. Uh,
0: what do you think is safer for kids?
3: So when I was a kid, my dad used to like when we would take our earrings out. He would make us leave them in hydrogen peroxide. Um, and when we would put the earrings back in, it also, like, it always felt super funky. Um, but when we'd use rubbing alcohol, it didn't. So, um, I mean, it could just be the additional germ fighting superpowers that it has. But um, my personal preference for just everyday use uh, would be rubbing alcohol.
0: I see. Okay. All right. Thank you. And we have.
4: I apologize. Uh-huh. This, is, this is Charlotte, I was doing laundry. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I myself would say uh, actually rubbing alcohol for the better part, uh, mainly because of how much my uh, my family and I are outside. We're more of outdoor people, so rubbing alcohol is usually used on cuts, scrapes, anything like that, just to clear things out. But. Yeah, we, we use that more frequently than we do with the peroxide.
0: Cool.
1: All right. And do we have one last person? No? Um, cool. like Claire might be having some problems with the uh, link so. Okay, cool. All right. Um, we'll get back to
0: that later. Uh, what about you, Clarity? What would you use?
1: I probably would use rubbing alcohol personally that's just me because it feels like that would kill a lot more of the germs. I see.
0: So for me, I like rubbing alcohol but my wife can't stand it because of how much it burns. She has sensitive skin and she just does not like the burning effects and she feels like the hydrogen peroxide burns enough <laughs> so she uses hydrogen peroxide. So I just thought it would be a really interesting uh, which right, is just be other people fall on this because there's a divide in my house about <laughs> what's to use when you clean the room or something. <laughs> so, so, thank you all for playing along with the game. I know it's a little weird, but I was still like, oh, I wonder what everybody else thinks. So, alrighty. So, um, with that, I guess we can move on to the first question. Correct. Clarity. Oh, wait, right, we got Claire we got back. Hello, Claire? Hello, Claire? Hmm. I see her.
1: I think, I think Claire's definitely still having some problems with that link, I don't know. Well, there we go. Hi, right, Claire? Claire. Yep.
0: Hey, hey Claire! Hey! hey.
2: Good <laughs> to have you back.
0: Alrighty. Um we, uh, Yeah. Technology. Uh, we have a we had a, a icebreaker question. The question was, um, what do you prefer to clean wounds, rubbing alcohol or hydrogen peroxide?
5: Hydrogen peroxide. Why? You are the
0: only one here that you hydrogen
5: peroxide. Um, Why? Rubbing alcohol is fine. It cleans stuff really well. But I think hydrogen pero- i like my dad was a paramedic. So, um, like that was something
0: that we always had hydrogen peroxide because it was like it just works better. Hmm, okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> better right. now. Yeah, this, this, the ice recognition came for me because there's the a divide in my house. I like rubbing alcohol, but my mother prefers um, hydrogen peroxide because it burns less and it's just as clean. So, I was like, yeah. Yeah, where people stand. So, <laughs> that, that, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This is, this is a fun little experiment. So, uh, all right. Now that we've uh, got that one going,
1: uh, let's talk about fun stuff that's not painful. <laughs> um, so,
0: uh,
1: what is our topic for today? Uh,
0: yeah, well, topic is still National Payday Work Day, being overworked and burned out, and what is fun and meaningful work. And I believe the first question goes to you, Clary. Yep.
1: So how this is going to work, so as we said on all of our episodes, we're actually going to try out something new today. So during when I um, ask a question, as usual, every question is about five minutes in total. So that means it's not five minutes per person, it's five minutes in total to answer. We're going to direct the question individually to one of you, and then we will keep it open to the floor, and you're welcome to jump in um, with the remaining few minutes left. When we get close to the five-minute marker, I'm going to ring a gong, a little tiny gong and we're going to try that out and see how that plays out as well. Um, and please respect, as of Brown rules. please respect each other, no name calling, any of that. Um, and also when you answer a question, please um, uh, use your name first and that way our listeners know who is speaking. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, is everyone ready to go?
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right, so question number one for mm-hmm. uh, the National Fun at Workday theme. So what was your experience in relationship to work and your work life pre-2020, the coronavirus pandemic? And let's start this one with Nikki.
2: What was my work life like? Yeah, what
1: was your work and your work life like pre-2020?
2: Maskless. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Maskless,
2: (laughs) loveless, but... Oh goodness. Other than that if I had to think about it, uh twenty nineteen, uh I was definitely working more hours than I was in twenty twenty because uh sales well, sales are down for sure. Um but other than that, just not not too much different really. Oh, very cool. Less hours, or more hours, I was, oh, I should say, sorry.
1: More hours?
0: You, you work in sales?
2: No, 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 no. Um, I mean, our company, you know, obviously runs off sales, and um, depending on if it's really busy, like if there's a lot of sales, then a lot of people tend to go on overtime, but that mm-hmm. really hasn't been happening this year compared to last year.
1: Okay,
0: um, you don't have to necessarily say like what company, but like what does the company do
2: in particular? Um, we are a, uh, solar-mount technology company that makes like LED lights, like LED pictures.
5: Okay. Um, okay. I
2: am a, I'm a bookkeeper and, um, I also manage our finished good inventory.
0: Uh, okay, yep. Totally understand. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I can see, um, not a lot of money going around to buy things that have LED lights (laughs) in it because it's kind of
4: expensive.
0: (laughs) So, people have bills to (laughs) pay. So, I definitely could understand that. Okay. Definitely. All right. Um, how about Claire?
5: Um, so for me, I guess, um, like, Pre, well, pre 2020, I was working full time as bakery manager in Michigan at, um, Westmore Market. And, and yeah, so I was working like, you know, I was working 45 hours a week, you know, doing a lot of running around. I was sometimes even go in between the stores and work the different ones. Like there is, we had multiple locations. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was I feel like I was super, super busy, but um, as of 2020, well, and a little bit into 2019, I had actually moved to the UK, and because of the type of visa I'm on, I'm allowed to work. So, <laughs> it's just been kind of, like, a very, very stark and abrupt, like, stoppage of, like, going full steam ahead and, like, working crazy hours and the holidays and like ba- working in a bakery it was pretty intense but um yeah now it's now it's nothing <laughs> oh wow well thank you for sharing Can yeah, you leave yeah. It open to the floor
1: so we got mrs incredible and scarlet left whoever would like to take the floor we got about
3: two minutes left on the
1: question This is
3: incredible. I'll talk. Um, So previous to 2020, um, I was working in the financial industry. I was actually a manager handling clients worth $10 million or more um, in a physical building working for one of the largest banks in the world um, in their corporate office. And it was, um, I mean, it was busy, uh, but um, actually I've been busier now. I'm currently working 2 work from home jobs. One of the businesses that I work for is... I'm an automotive company. They, it's like accessories, things like that for automobiles, and business is booming. Um, we actually did like mass hiring of 100-plus people. And um, the other company that I work for is a furniture and accessories company. Uh, they're all over the world. The automobile company is not. It's just in the U.S., but um, that the second company is actually um, not – they're not founded in the United States, but they're one of the largest uh, furniture and accessory companies in the world. And um, we just had a new hire class of 150. So um, I'd say I'm busier, busier now rather than I was last year, 100%. Hmm. Oh,
0: wow.
3: Thank you. And the
0: uh, last person we have is Scarlett.
4: Yep.
0: Yep. Scarlet.
4: <laughs> Scarlett. Okay. So, so uh, pre pre COVID, uh, I myself actually work in a call center. I work in telecommunications. So. Uh, we actually were working in an actual call center building, but uh, as of this year, well last year, 2020, uh, we all ended up going to uh, working remotely. Now this actually has been beneficial for me since I am a technically right now a single parent with a autistic child, so uh, that was kind of a run for my money. and. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been interesting, but I also went from working like 40 hours a week almost to doubling to like anywhere between 60 to 80 hours a week just because of how many calls have been coming in for telecommunications, meaning we run everything from home phone service to uh, cable to internet service. So it has definitely been an interesting ride.
0: Wow. So thank you, thank you all for um your sharing uh, your work life experience. And it seems like that a lot of people predicted those who are working from home, you know, it, really that that whole business is booming, and then um, everything else that's in person is kind of slowing down. So it's, it's interesting to hear some people, you know, are just kind of you know staying home and kind of chilling out, and some people are busy than ever. Hmm. Very
4: interesting.
1: Thank you everyone for sharing your your uh, experiences. It's amazing how much a stark difference ends up happening between 2019 and 2020.
0: Yeah. Pretty crazy. All right, so we'll move to question number two. Um, Question number two says, Generation X, Y, and Z, specifically, we're known as millennials, have been known to be the burnout generation and completely overworked in the United States and around the world before the pandemic. What do you believe were the factors that led to this for young people? And I'll start Ms. Incredible.
3: So I will definitely say that um, having having experience of having in-laws that um, don't necessarily understand technology as great as people who are a bit younger than them Um, And because we're so adaptable, I mean, I definitely say as the generations get, I mean, as we get younger and as in population on the earth, um, we are more adaptable to different situations. So, for example, I'm working two jobs, sometimes at the same time, um, and in all honesty, probably making uh, over $7,000 a month working those two jobs. But I'm also, I mean, I have two kids. I have a six-year-old that's autistic, and I have a three-year-old. And life is So, but I'm willing to do that. And my husband works from home as well, um, because we want a future that's better than maybe the future or the the past that we had as kids. So, um, uh, we're very hard workers. But it's because we've used we've become so prone to knowing that we need to fight or work harder than people who came before us to have a better future. I'll say that.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. I mean, when you look at uh, economic studies, they've noticed that the big factor was the 19, late, late 1970s, but especially in the 80s and 90s, economic booms. And mm-hmm. um, right around those times is when we started seeing the stark difference between the previous generations and the younger generations when it comes mm-hmm. to that wealth gap. So, absolutely.
0: Thank All you. Right. Um, so, same question to Nikki.
2: Um, the burnout generation. Um, if I had to put my opinion in it, I would have to say, um, maybe because of wages. I know that like when I've worked at jobs where I wasn't getting paid enough and I wasn't being appreciated enough I got burned out quick. So, if I had to say, yeah, that's pretty much my opinion on that. Like, just maybe wages, maybe just not being appreciated, um, can burn somebody out real quick.
0: You know, yeah, I uh, I would concur with that. I've uh, I've experienced that working different jobs with wages. And the funny thing is, is that. Um, uh we're coming up on dr king's uh holiday one of the things he talked about was um basically the beginnings of the gap between wages of production and right before he died and right after he died in 1968 they were neck and neck they were like crossing um ever since then we, without common for inflation production in the u.s no one works harder than the american worker uh, producing things but the wages have been stagnant. If we really looked at what the wage would be according to Public Citizen, um, and you can go on their website, the actual wage should be twenty four dollars an hour based upon what we produced. And so people are fighting for fifteen dollar minimum wage. But if you go by production, that's what the wage should be. And if you are unappreciated and you're not treated being treated well and you cannot, you know, unionize into collective bargaining for your rights, yeah, that, that will burn somebody out. So um those those are factors that have been very well documented. So thank you for that input. Um, this question is open to the floor.
5: Yeah, it's clear here. I guess I'll weigh in a little bit because I, I pretty much was going to say almost verbatim, aside from you know, just what you said with, um, you know, we haven't accounted for inflation. Our generation works just as hard, if not harder, than our parents, but our dollars work less. You know, we we get paid, you know, you know, starting wages for us might be may, might sound like a lot more than our parents because, you know, they were making three seventy five an hour when we were making, you know, ten dollars an hour maybe, if that starting out. I mean when I started it was like, I don't know, like six thirty or something like that. But even still it's just it just it it doesn't count for the same amount, you know, with inflation and all that. And the saddest bit is that, like, how you mentioned, we're, we're fighting for a $15 minimum wage, and it should be even higher than that. It should be at, like, maybe 24 but the saddest part is that we started fighting for a $15 minimum wage five years ago, and it still hasn't happened. You know, you see maybe some regular, like, what's it, some of the larger corporations, like, you know, McDonald's or, you know, Amazon or any of the other like, larger companies will sometimes start out with slightly higher wages of like, you know, $10, 50 $11 an hour, but it's not really much more than that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And we're, we're expected to work, you know, longer hours that our our parents did. They were able to have full weekends and they mm-hmm. weren't able to work past five PM. As a millennial starting out in the job industry, like you know, in it doesn't matter if it's, you know, just in Oh, like uh, an entry level position, you're still expected to work nice and you're dead. You're expected to work those long hours. Because you're you're young, like you don't have anything tying you down, right? Like you can handle it. You can't say you're tired. You're young. And I think yeah. that that kind of perspective, especially from bosses being older, is a lot harder to deal with. Well, thank, uh, you. thank you. Thank, thank you.
2: So much. I just wish we could fight for more. Right, yeah. yeah. I really do, because um, minimum wage, it means that we can pay for rent, food, and everything we need, but the uh, federal minimum wage hasn't really raised in years.
1: Right. Mm. Exactly Mm. what you're saying.
2: Somebody making $8 an hour, they can't afford anything. (laughs) Right.
0: Mm. No. Mm. And the public fight was five years ago, but people... Um, before they got the publicity, they were fighting actually 10 years ago, um, according to certain circles and certain activist circles. But uh, thank you all for that input. We're gonna move on to the next question. Uh, Clarity, you got question number three.
1: Yep, so question number three. COVID-19 has changed the way people fulfill their day jobs with everything from safety measures to the kind of work that is seen as essential and non-essential. How should society and governments Democratize power in the workplace going forward, and value production in one's own country. And I'm going to start this one off with Scarlet.
4: Ooh, that's a hard one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to Third Paradigm. <laughs> I,
4: I guess, I guess to be honest, it, it really kind of just depends. It, it depends on the situation at hand.
1: hmm Yeah, absolutely. What kind of situations would you compare?
4: Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I just have to think because I I think I may need to have you actually rephrase it for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, nuance. How would you describe this question exactly? Because democratizing uh,
4: power in the workplace
1: moving forward and the value making it more like a level playing field?
0: Yeah, democratizing power is like, okay, you have a corporation, right? Well, the corporation usually has people who just focus on the numbers, people who call the a professional managerial class, people who went to college, got the degrees, and focused on managing people. And there are people who go to college that work on the front lines or, work, uh, in, 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 or have worked their way through being an entry-level person. So do you have people who know how to make things work and get things done that actually do the Mm nitty-gritty details? Are they on the board of these major corporations? Or maybe, say, you have a small business, and it's like a restaurant, and somebody's about to retire, or they may be sick or pass away, sadly. Um, To keep that business going, to keep the tax dollar revenue there, do you teach the workers how to have ownership in the company while still the person who runs it and managed it, taking those risks, secures everybody's money and they get paid a little more, but it's a little more fair to where it's not supremely more like in CEOs paying less taxes than secretaries in a sense. And that way the tax dollars in that community stays there. So even if people move on, you could kind of transition and still exist. So the, the, the workers own parts of the company. And then value you know, one's own production is like how we didn't have enough masks and gloves when we have a pandemic
4: yeah, because we've lost outside the country. Like, countries should be able to do that for themselves. That's, <laughs> Yeah, that, mm-hmm. makes, that makes a lot more sense for me. So, okay. to, to, answer, to answer that question there for you, now that I have a better idea, now, it it does really kind of depend on the company itself. Now, I say this because, well, uh, for example, here, I worked for Home Depot. Uh, I essentially worked my butt off trying to I work my way up into like a managerial position and every time that you know I would turn around I would just continue practicing 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 the managers knew me I was what you would call like a shadow department head when the department head wasn't there they would rely on me knowing that I knew the ins and outs of that department they would they would rely on me to handle things and uh, from there, it ultimately ended up where there were a couple times I tried for department head, and I was told that I had the position, and two days later, they retracted it, called me to the office and said they, they were going to give it to another department head that just decided to transfer over to the store. Uh, after that, I essentially was done with Home Depot. I said, I'm done. You, you guys... You know, did this to me multiple times and then gave me a position, retracted and gave it to someone else who already had that same position. And then I ended up going over to the uh, company that I'm currently with now, which I cannot give out uh, due to uh, constraints. Is the best way I can put it because I work in telecommunications, but now I'm getting paid a lot more. Mm -hmm. It's still not enough. But I essentially have been given as a senior agent now, I've been there for quite a few years, that I essentially have made, made headway where the supervisors essentially know that if I, if I say something, I'm going to follow through with it. And it's not the first time where the supervisors will actually call me like, all right, can you handle this customer? I know, I know that you know what you're doing. I trust your judgment. So it, it just kind of really depends. It's not the first time where I've been asked to also train new agents as well. So it, it really right. depends on the company and what essentially uh, what they think your work.
0: All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for that for, for that input. And uh, next we'll go to Claire.
5: Yeah. So kind of along the lines of what. Um, Um, this is incredible. Is that who's just speaking? Um, I think I personally, I think it's, you know, there's a lot of major companies like to dangle the carrot and keep people on as a sense, like giving them a sense of loyalty. And like, they want to, you want to stand by the company for doing that for you. But I think, um, Personally, I, I, you know, I think it, a lot of it has to do more, for me personally, with what I've experienced is just the, It's a lot of people are undervalued, and I guess in relation to COVID and you know companies being able to provide PPE. You know, I'm I'm in a country currently where we have not like the national healthcare system, so you know those things were rolled out and sent out and. Pretty evenly laid for everyone, you know. Any of the any anyone on the front lines were were given the right amount of PPE to keep themselves safe because there was this. Um, feeling for, uh, you know, helping for the greater good, you know, you think of, like, you know, that's k- kind of what the universal health care system would be like, you know, it's, it's, you pay into it because it's for everyone, not, you know, just the single pair, but I, like, yeah, I guess, the, I mean, as she said, it's, it depends, but I think it's, it's harder for bigger companies to see the see the little guy and like what their day-to-day activities are like a lot of people go to school for the, you know, the big jobs and they're heads of the departments. But like when you're in a retail setting, like the people that are, you know, maybe in your HR department, they're in an office. They're not necessarily, not necessarily seeing like the types of interactions that you're having face to face with the customers. So preparing them for that, I think is kind of hard. I think there's got to be a communication from the bottom up more. Thank
0: you. That was a wonderful answer. And this is open to the floor for anybody else in the last
1: 30 seconds. Yep, we got about 30 seconds left. I reset the clock on this one. All right, looks like we're gonna move on to question number
0: four. If that's that's uh, for you, Clarity.
1: Okay, um, let's see. So number four, so how can we hey, make... Huh? For me, actually. I think that was for you. Oh, my apologies. All right,
0: so this is... This, you read uh, it well. but, you No, know, no, no, I remember. I actually um, ended up explaining number three, so that's why I was confused. Uh, number four. So how can we help people have a fair and balanced work life? Not a more fair, but an actual fair and balanced work life, like the right thing. And how can we help F- help people find work that is enjoyable and meaningful ie finding a way for you to work in order to live rather than living to work or um, instead of seeing that um, seeing that time is money it's rather that money is time flipping that paradigm so uh, we'll go to uh, Nikki
2: Hmm, I, I think that, I believe that 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 individual would have to have an understanding of their passions and what they really want to do um, to get into what they want <laughs> to. Uh, hmm. it's pretty
0: tricky I've, it is pretty tricky but i think you, you're hitting the yeah. nail on something.
2: Yeah.
0: like work, work that, that is that is meaningful like something they want to do like i heard the question um well that's actually going to be a later question but yeah i think i think you hit the nail on the head there because a lot of work is not value based on what people enjoy i guess right
2: right it's, it's basically like oh, this is the only thing that's available for me to do Mm. like i don't have enough education so this is where i'm stuck
0: Mm. right that is a really good one stuck i like that okay Okay. Mm -hmm. thank you um miss scarlet what do you think
4: honestly um it's hard to describe, but the best way I could put it is really when you're trying to balance work and things that you enjoy. The problem today, kind of coming off of me personally, uh, because I work so many hours on top of trying to be a mom to an autistic child, it, it's really, really difficult to do so because of everything that's happening. But personally, for me, uh, as I'm using my social media handle here today, uh, but most of, most of my social media stuff um, is mostly being a content creator. Uh, I do that when I have the chance, but like I said, that's kind of what I do to try to relieve my own stress. Uh, that's kind of what I do, but it really kind of just depends on every individual person and what their enjoyments are
1: Excellent view very very excellent
0: yeah think yeah thank you and I think we got a bit more time on this question um, this is incredible you have some input on um, on this
3: so I definitely do um, being that I am in senior leadership and in one of the positions I have um, I and trying to find that work-life balance being a salaried exempt employee. Um, so sometimes I just have to turn my phone off uh, because they can honestly contact you at any time of the day. But I will say as someone who tries to instill in my staff that they need that work-life balance, I'm trying to fight it by being in the, the meetings with senior leadership and expressing the, um, the need for, you know, better wages for um, – you know, just to make the workplace a, a fun place to work, which I know sounds crazy to some people, but um, like we do fun contests. Um, you know, I think that some people or some managers or some organizations are all about, you know, coaching people out of the business. Or, I mean, I think we've all been there, um, kind of tying it back to a previous question where they dangled the, you know, the carrot in front of you. I worked for a financial institution that did that. I mean, that's why I left because I wasn't going to uh, kiss anyone behind to get where I wanted to get. I thought it was based on performance and it wasn't. So I was like, you know what, let me find a place that does value me. But I think that um, when you are in a place of power, um, where you are in the meetings with the people that make the, the rules and decisions, you need to stand up, or at least that's what I've been doing um, mm-hmm. to make sure that people are coming in with better wages, that they have more um, you know, benefits, or like employee assistance. So for people who are like single parents who need like daycare, even though they're working from home, they have that um, where, the, you know, now the organization will give a, a single parent or even someone who has two kids or two parents, rather, um, a stipend every month to help with day, with childcare. So if someone's not there and saying something and everyone's going to stay quiet, nothing is going to change. Um, should it be common sense that they're offered all of these things? Yes. But are these organizations, whether they're big or small, going to try to Give minimal things because they are getting away with it Mm. until someone stands up and says something. Yes. So um, not just from my personal experience and my honest opinion. Um. So yeah, that's that's basically it. That's what I have to say on the subject. Wow.
1: Um, Seconds left on that one. That was very insightful. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) I think we got uh, Claire left. Do you have anything to add?
5: So other than um. I guess the other, the only other thing that I would say, I guess, is like, enjoyment is in the eye of the beholder. So it really dep- is kind of, it really gives up the individual as to whether they want to enjoy their job. You know, I think we have to take a little bit of like, kind of looking inward and taking yourself like, okay, you know, am I willing to suffer through this or am I not willing to suffer through this? Like, I've, I've enjoyed a job where it was you know, it paid me nine dollars an hour and I was never going to be able to like afford to live on my own with that, you know. But it was one of my favorite jobs I ever had. Even if I did work for really good, like long hours, it was, you know, in a vintage shop. But it was, you know, a retail type position in a really small store. So they couldn't necessarily, like they didn't have the need to support careers, you know. So, I think, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a matter of like, you know, whether you, what what you do as enjoyment. Absolutely. You know, is, it the not, is it the money or is it the enjoyment of just the job itself or is it what the job gives to you in this sense?
0: Absolutely. Um, thank you for that insight. Uh, I mean, in all honesty, we shouldn't have to make those type of choices. But I mean, that is a good point, though. Uh, that people will make those type of choices because of the enjoyment of the job, or whether it's just something to make ends meet. All right. So, um, question. So, question number five. Uh, uh, clarity. What you got?
1: Yeah, and I'm just gonna throw this out on the side um, before we move because you have two questions left, and then we we're wrapping it up. Um, somebody mentioned in a past episode and I'm just going to reiterate it again because it's something that I really admire like going back to what Nikki mentioned about finding that passion and I've heard different various versions with the answers here about it. I would love to live in a world where university is free because we all pay for that and they have the option to go and get that degree or they can go into the skills trades or they can choose whichever route they want to take. I think it goes back to an episode. I think it was uh, the first part of this, actually, we're we touched on school because we actually had a professor
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the show. So I just want to throw that out there that I, I very much admire that, and I agree. If there's a passion behind something, it won't feel so dragging. But I would love to live where people do not get stuck with the question of, should I go to college but then go into debt, or should I just go off and get this thing that's more secure, but I'm going to be miserable. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I wish the university was free. Like right now, I'm a bookkeeper at my job, but um, I, um, I didn't have any experience with bookkeeping at all mm-hmm. previously. Um, I just, I, I just kind of worked my way into that position in my company. But, you know, I would love to go to school to learn more about it just so I have a better understanding of, of what I do I'm doing because like I, I feel like school would give me that but I don't want to go in debt
1: absolutely <laughs> I'm already dealing
2: with debt from when I went to school like uh, 10 years ago t- like 12 years ago and I'm still paying that off so yeah. like, I just don't want to put myself in that position and I'm pretty sure a lot of Americans don't either or anybody else like I, I don't know how it is in Europe or how expensive it, if it is there but I know here it's just ridiculous
1: Oh, yeah. right. right. Insane, so, um, but thanks for weighing really in on that Europe. one.
5: It's pretty, it's pretty affordable. <laughs> not the yeah. most affordable. It's still, you know, you still have to pay for it, but it's not nearly, it's not the astronomical. It's probably a fraction. That's more like, oh, wow. So in Europe, at least from my understanding. You know, most places it's anywhere from, like, a few grand to, like, several, but not in the tens. 15, 30 grand a year like that <laughs> I think we really
1: should have an episode um, nuanced completely on education and um, there's an episode I've been throwing out there inviting people from other countries to kind of weigh in on that, so that
0: would no. be yeah because yeah. what you're talking about reminds me of the history of what we used to do in this country when um, tuition was subsidized by the federal government and the state government but they decided to invest in medicare which was necessary but also private prisons so but uh, yeah. but, uh
1: <laughs> <that episode. laughs> we'll invite everyone back for that one because i know education is a very very hot topic so second to the last question we have is to quote brianna joy gray from a recent episode from the bad faith podcast the episode star trek versus star wars if you did not have to work what would you be doing and i'm gonna sh- throw this towards mrs incredible
3: so, in, in all honesty, I think I would have like a farm and a garden and my husband would, I would like, he could just train horses and um, like, I could just, you know, sing and um, just enjoy life. I don't think I would do anything like, in you know, incredibly particular. I think I would maybe homeschool my daughter and focus so much on her education to prepare her for life a bit more um, versus sending her to public school, uh, which is a train wreck in itself. But um, I think that I would be more inclined. And don't get me wrong, working from home, I can definitely travel. Uh, we were in Georgia one weekend, I was working. We were in, um, in Tennessee in the mountains in an RV, and I was working from the RV. So uh, it's not that I can't travel, but I think I would travel a bit more, of course, after, um, hopefully, you know, once things die down and, and everyone, um, you know, th- there's more freedom to go places. We have the ability to and it's safe to, um, I'd like to travel more, but I think that I would do one thing specifically. I, I'm not artistic, or well, I'm not artistic in a sense that I can't like, draw or paint, but um, like, vocally, I'm artistic That makes any sense. So I think I would just enjoy life in general, and not do one thing in particular.
1: Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. And I love the travel part. I'm very big on travel, too, so thank you. Um, uh, Scarlett?
4: Um, So definitely if I didn't really have to worry about a job or had the means of doing so, I personally would want to definitely spend a lot more time working with my son uh, just because there are a lot of things that I know for a fact he's probably going to have difficulty understanding and just having that capability of being able to help him learn in a way that's going to benefit him. But I also would want to really work a lot more on my own social media platforms. Um, since uh, surprisingly, I haven't heard anyone say it yet, but I myself am a cosplayer. Uh, my TikTok creator con- uh, channel is exclusive for all of my cosplay stuff. Legit. But if I had that capability, I would be doing a lot more uh, of my own content, being able to tell stories with my original uh, OC characters, being able to also build a lot more cosplay stuff for my own account.
1: Awesome! Thank you so much. We actually do have about three minutes left on this question, so it's pretty open for the floor. If Nikki or Claire would like to jump in,
5: I guess I'll jump in. Um, uh, it's kind of weird because I have kind of it's been, I've, it's been like a forced unemployment currently so it's one of those weird things of like a, I feel like you know I ha, you know had had you asked me this like, a year and a half ago, I would have been like, Oh yeah, these are all the things I'm going to do because I'm unemployed. And like, but it's also like a fear too, because I, I'm not making money. So I'm, you know, scrambling to find ways to like contribute because it is a financial strain, not being able to work. And, So, I don't know, I mean, like, short of, like, just selling stuff on eBay and, you know, you kind of run out of stuff at a certain (laughs) point, so it doesn't really work for a sustainable income. So, I think it's, you know, for me, it would be more of, like, a if I had a, if I didn't have to worry so much about income, because that is a a stress for me, um, I think it would definitely be... Um, woodworking, I've been doing a lot of that over like quarantine because it's, I have to stay at like because, you know, you have to stay at home base. Um, I wish I had a backyard like I did in Michigan. That was really nice to like garden and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think just getting out and traveling, as other people said, would definitely be really high on the list. Um, I think that's the thing that I've missed probably the most aside from seeing fa- family and friends that's l- the thing that I've definitely missed the most over the last year. Um, but yeah I think you know not being not being allowed to work is definitely a, a little bit different than you know choosing <laughs> choosing it. I feel like be per- like I need purpose so having something to work for is definitely you know I, I kind of need that motivation to, like, keep a regimented schedule and, like, not let myself just, like, you know, get lost in social media or lost, like, in the scroll, as it were, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think, I think, I don't know, And, and also, I mean, I don't know, probably would have written more or try to develop that more. Like if there was no boundaries in terms of like going to school for things or learning new things that would you know normally cost money to learn, I think I would definitely be taking more classes or just you know listening to lectures or even like um, taking more art classes.
1: Excellent. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing, mm-hmm. we have about Thirty seconds left. So Nikki, would you like to weigh in? Yeah,
2: um, for sure. I would love to travel traveled a bunch um also if if I had the money like I would buy stuff for like like a pottery like making pottery because I, I did some classes uh right before COVID happened and I, it's just something that I was really starting to get into and something I would love to learn more and then possibly even learn to sell stuff um I know uh, my husband and I have recently started making like acrylic, uh, not acrylic, but like resin dice, like uh, D&D dice, which has been fun. Um, We just Hmm. uh, finished making our first uh, D20s, Uh, definitely getting more into that and learning how to sell that. That'll be cool.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much for weighing in on that. And I just wanted to point out an observation before we hit the last question. I admire everyone's responses, and one thing that I noticed that everyone's um, weigh-in had like in common was something that was relaxing and something that was creative. I really admire that. It was
0: also very, personal. It's very personal. It was, uh, yeah. And and that's a theory in sociology about how we commodified everything so much to where we're disconnected from the very thing that we're doing, and that is what led to the society we have today. While in the ancient world, when you made stuff, when you knitted stuff, it was actually for you, your family, or someone you know. Then maybe somebody you didn't know you did it for them, but still you kind of had a connection in the process. And now it's just like, who are you doing this for?
1: <laughs> Beautiful. So thank you, everyone, for weighing in on that one. So, you know what, so we got the last question.
0: Yeah. So, yes, and I loved all those answers as well. They're very interesting. Thank you. Um, Thank you, everyone. uh, The last question is: Describe your feelings of sharing your perspective today, and name one thing someone else said that touched you. And uh, we'll start with Claire.
5: Yeah, I think um, I think the thing that Uh, really maybe not touched me but it definitely hit me more is like you know listening to other people talking about you know specifically situations like uh, I'm not can't remember whose name it was um, but who like working from home with not only kids but like having an autistic child like I mean you, you know, you, you think you know what other people are going through, especially with, you know, being so social media heavy as we are now. Like, you think you can kind of get a glimpse of, like, what everyday life kind of looks like, but hearing it and letting, let, letting people share the space to, like, talk about those things is like one of the things that I really admire about the podcast and so like being able to hear that perspective is it's really you know it's something that really hits me and I think about it a lot. Um, I really you know I feel for a lot of people right now like the balance of you know I I have a close friend who also has you know three kids at home one of them being autistic and like you know and she's been working from home quite a bit and it's just You know, hearing it and knowing that like it's been so hard, and so I, you know, I really wish that I could. I really wish that there could be like a work balance, fun, you know, lifestyle where you could like, you know, I don't know, get a break every once in a while, and that wasn't like, and that was you know a normal thing, you know or you know, being able to travel, being more accessible for families with kids like that. I think that's a huge thing. You know, every I, I don't know a single person that's like, No, nah, I'm not I don't wanna travel. I don't I don't know anybody that <laughs> said that they don't like to travel. So making it more accessible for those people to be able to, I think is like a huge, huge thing, especially when it comes to work balance and like lit and not living to work, but just working, you know, working to, so that you can live that life.
1: Beautiful response. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, Yes. Thank you for that response. I really appreciate the response. And uh, how about Miss Incredible? What was one thing, how did you feel about sharing, and what was one thing someone said that uh, touched you?
3: So I am the one who has a six-year-old that's autistic. Um, I will definitely say that, um, you know, she's in first grade, and it took a very long time for her to get okay and accustomed to going to school, a physical school. So um, I don't think that everyone who, you know, has the, you know, has the, I'm not sure what I'm looking to say, but um, people who don't have children that are um, special don't necessarily see some of those struggles. Um, She's now thriving in virtual school. And I mean thriving like straight A's, wakes up every morning, very excited, but it's a pattern that she was accustomed to doing. So um, with her... Um, She has Asperger's, and it's all about, you know, she's got a schedule every day. She goes to bed at a certain time, and everything is fine. Um, You know, especially with working two jobs now, when I was normally 9 to 5 Monday through Friday, now my schedule can differ. So there are different struggles that I know go through. So I think hearing um, everyone else's, you know, life and passions is super insightful and super touching. And I think that there are, less spaces now because we're all remote and not in visible you know buildings where people people could talk between calls and and coaching sessions and whatnot to be able to express how we all feel how we're doing not everyone's doing okay and it's okay to feel that way it's okay to know that that everyone you know no one else is doing okay either Mm -hmm. so um getting to hear personal stories makes you feel more human uh you know it connects to you better so that's basically it thank you guys
1: absolutely
3: thank you so much
0: yes thank you thank you um and we'll go to ms scarlett uh, how did you feel about sharing perspectives and what was one thing that someone touched you today
4: so i actually really enjoy the, the conversation kind of hearing from everybody's different perspectives. uh the one thing that Actually, kind of touched me a little bit was hearing how many people that, you know, COVID actually has affected, especially with, par- with parents like myself with autistic, an autistic child, uh, just because of the fact that we have a completely different set of rules and regulations that we have to abide by because our kids are lured differently. So, it's nice to know that I'm not the only one. Uh, The other thing too, though, is even though, like, we can't necessarily travel that much, the one thing that I loved though with TikTok was I have met some amazing friends that I, I mean, I've, I essentially am friends with people from Canada, from uh, Europe. I mean, from all over the place, and it, unfortunately, as uh, I think it was Miss Incredible that stated it, but even, it'd be nice if, like, we were capable of being able to travel, but unfortunately, the funds just aren't there, but, yeah, it, it's nice to hear that I'm not the only one.
1: Absolutely, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. And in the last bit of time, uh, it's Nikki,
0: uh, how did you feel about sharing your perspective and uh maybe at least like one thing that touched you from um, someone speaking?
2: It was it was fun. I it was kinda interesting to see where everybody is coming from, especially you know, we all come from like different like different backgrounds, like as far as career, as far as like our our income and have having kids versus not having kids. Um, I, I definitely feel for the for you parents out there right now with uh, having the pandemic and then having to you know either send your child to school with these with masks and everything or having to have to teach them from home, um, especially with the. The child with the Asperger's, um, that must be extra rough. But, uh, well, you said it was uh, just, it's better for her, which is good. Um, But, (laughs) excuse me. Um, Me not having kids, it, like, I I don't understand fully, but um, I definitely, feel and understand, like, feel for you guys, and uh, hopefully things will get better soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for everyone for weighing in, and thank you so much for taking the time on and chatting with us here on Third Paradigm. Yeah.
0: We
1: deeply appreciate everybody's perspectives and views. And yeah. Learned a lot. It's, it it kind of shows, like, and I, I heard the message at the end of that that I really feel like Correct me if I'm wrong nuance, I really feel like podcasts like this need to exist because it kind of breaks down that isolation that we felt throughout most of last year. Like, humans are not naturally meant to be isolated. It's just just not the way humans work, and that's not the way they function. And, like, even um, friends of mine who are absolute introverts, like, they do not like being around crowds and people... They they reached their limits last year. They got to the point to where it's just kind of like they they missed just even going to get coffee with someone, and yeah. it really does feel like we've taken a lot of that for granted. And now it's just kind of like we can appreciate it more. Like, yeah, and I,
0: I I appreciate the the fact that so many people from different perspectives shows the, the commonalities we do have. I mean, we acknowledge the difference. We got people from mm-hmm. different um, work backgrounds, different experiences, but it's like once you acknowledge those, you can really and appreciate those differences, too. Then It doesn't mean you can't appreciate the commonalities. You actually can appreciate them more. And I remember someone said that, you know, there should be a stipend for taking care of kids, you know, because that that is expensive, hearing that more and more, and that it be common sense. Um, My my, my, my rebuttal to that is we do have common sense, and it's a bunch of nonsense, unfortunately. (laughs) <laughs> so, so, so I like good sense, both common and uncommon uh, sense. So, uh, but uh, that that type of good sense policy would be a great idea. I think everybody would be better off when you have um, when children and families are a public good, as they say. Um, we'll be a better society for it. So, thank you everybody for participating, and we will see you all next time.
1: Thank you so much, everyone.
2: Thank, thank you, thank you. Bye guys, thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
4: Bye. Bye. Bye.